after Johnson. Johnson still going. Oh good, welcome back Surly Talk Sports here on your Thursday Thursday and you may be able to hear it in my voice, hopefully you can't but she's been a tough week for me, hit with another bad dose of the old bender rider. she was a big weekend, got through plenty of Darren Frothiers and it's taken a real toll on the rig but being the ultimate professional I am, we still show up and get the job done so hopefully the voice holds up for the next hour or so and I can run you through everything that is happening in the world of sports. And boy, is there plenty of boxes to tick. Of course, we've got the All Blacks taking on the Wallabies again this weekend. And as always, I've got the team in advance for you. So you can be the first in the nation to hear the 23 that'll play this weekend. We've got the Bunnings Far Cup, which also kicks off up the mighty heat. Then Warriors bye week. She's finally over one of the longest weeks in our life. And we will take on the Titans tomorrow. So I'll run you through that. We've got the Silver Ferns. We've got the Women's Football World. Cup. We've also got Paul taking on Diaz. Almost forgot that fight was even on. So plenty to sink the teeth into as we cover off all of those topics. In terms of the Warriors pod, unfortunately no episode this week. The lad shot over to the Gold Coast early to acclimatise before tomorrow night, but I do believe we'll have an episode coming for you early next week, and I think it might be with the great man Jazz Tavanga, hopefully fresh off his return to the 17 as well. Can't wait to watch him rip in if Webby gives him the nod. But like I mentioned, plenty to get through today on the show, so without further ado, let's rip into it how good fire up big fizz gonna mix things up a little bit this week and kick her off with the all blacks why not they certainly deserve it after that massive up yours they gave to eddie jones and the wallabies in front of almost 84,000 screaming fans at the mcg you gotta say Aussie, geez, are they passionate about their sport. Their team sucks, but they still show up in massive numbers, and maybe some of them were getting around the All Blacks and the opportunity to watch our boys. But what a crowd and an atmosphere it was. Of course, 38 points to 7 it finished, silencing old Eddie and Nick White as well. Scotty Barrett doing that literally on the field. you got to love that. To be fair to the Wallabies, they were pretty decent in the first 30-odd minutes, but once they lost Cotton Betty to the the yellow card boy did the tide change the all blacks flicked her up a notch and we were just way too good for them that first 30 was interesting though rob valentini he looks to be a real handful for the wallabies of course played some great code for the brumbies over the last couple seasons good to see him carry that over and for a while there i did have a bit of itchy bum and i thought they were gonna push us right down to the wire but two tries right before half time that is when all good rugby side strike and then in the second 40 
She was one-way traffic to our boys. We showed our class. And geez, are we playing an exciting and expensive style of rugby at the moment. That's true All Blacks footy. You play what's in front of you, the old cliche. And it was interesting to hear Richie Mwanga talking on SEN, really crediting Joe Schmidt for the work he's done with their attack. He said they've encouraged him to play to space. And that is exactly what you want when you've got guys like Richie and Bodie at the helm. They're so good at playing that fuck it footy when they see space they go for it whether it's in their own 22 or hot on the opposition's attack that's what you want them doing playing eyes up code and it's certainly resulting in some great rugby the skill set of this team 1 to 23 truly is exceptional and it was great to see the impact of our bench as well that's probably been our one floor across the first two games of the rugby championship we were getting some great wins but it seemed like we kind of fizzled out towards the end of games not with Sammy Whitelock and co on the Rimu Roy Gard as well they added some real punch and it was good to see a complete 80 minute domination especially against those losers from across the ditch so we wrap up the Bledisloe for another year 22 years on the trot now I think the last time the Wallabies won it Nickelback was the number one artist the old Nokia 3310 was still going round shit was snake a good game so it's been domination and it doesn't look like we're gonna lose it anytime soon in terms of some standouts for me touched on him before but Scotty Barrett what a weapon this bloke is truly on fire this season of course over the past couple seasons he's been known more as a bit of a workhorse kind of does that work that you don't see around ruck time but over these first three games he's been a massive standout and he's probably cemented himself as the best lock in world rugby at the moment. If you'd said to me, start of the year, that Scotty Barrett would be the one of our three locks that you had to pencil in straight away, I probably would have questioned your logic because for so long, Brody Retallick, Sammy Whitelock has been that premier duo, but Scotty B playing unreal code, he's so physical around the ruck, so dominant in his tackles, that shot he put on Tate McDermott for that first try, that was a real rib rattler, he's also got the skill set to be able to ball play, you can tell he's a Barrett, been honing those skills in the backyard with his two brothers, he's a bit of a specimen as well, don't know if you see the photos post game, shredded within an inch of his life, got an eight pack of doom, so good to see old dog roll, getting the accolades he deserves of course, often when you think the Barrett's Straight away you think of Bodie and Geordie, dog roll, creeping up the ranks, unreal stuff. Then in the back line, another strong showing from Aaron Smith and Richie Mwanga. That duo continues to impress, but out wide is where we really shone, Mark Talia. I always say it, the slipperiest man in world rugby, and he put in another massive shift here. 127 metres from 17 carries, 9 tackle breaks, a try, and a try assist. An absolute menace with Gilbert in hand, he truly is one of the hardest blokes to tackle in world rugby that goosey that he put on I think it was on Cotton Betty in the second half just dropped him dead which led to the Rico Ioane try these are those x-factor players we're gonna need come world cup your England's your islands they haven't seen much of old Talia the mamba so he will be set to light them up and then I wanted to shout out as well the young fella Cammy Roygaard strong on debut off the Rimu really excited to watch him develop in the future he looks every bit our future nine once Aaron Smith moves on he's got that big frame he's such a strong ball runner got a great seed on him as well though 
and a strong kicking game. I was really impressed with the impact he had on this one, and I'm excited to see his career progress. Jeez, we just keep rolling nines out of the mill. You got your Brad Webbers, Finlay Christie, Falau Fakatava all waiting in the wings as well. But well done to Roy Gard. You could tell it was a dream come true for the bloke. Had his family over there. Looked like it was emotional stuff. Dad was proud as punch. The true Kiwi kid's dream coming true. You gotta love that. So on to this week we roll and again we take on the Wallabies. That loser side down there in Dunedin. Saturday Arvo 2.35 kickoff at the Sistema lunchbox. Does it get any better than that? I truly don't think so. And as always, once again, I've got the team. There's a leak in the camp and it gets sent through to Surly early doors. So if you're tuning in here, you'll be one of the first in the nation to hear this week's lineup. So here we have it, 1-23 to in the one jersey starting. Big to mighty Williams. He'll be set to leave some divots on the paddock. Can't wait to watch him rip in again. And the two, Samasoni Taukiaho, Samsung Sony, the human wrecking ball. He will rip and tear. Nepola Lala, he rounds out the front row with Sammy Whitelock and Brody Retallick. This week's locking duo in the six on debut. Sammy Penny Finau, good to see him get a crack. A genuine bolter, had a massive season in Super Rugby for the Chiefs and I'm excited to watch him. Go about his work at international level in the seven. He's back. Captain Kane recovered from that neck injury, which is really positive signs in the eight. Artie Savia, unreal footballer, an absolute menace in the nine. Finlay Christie, and I found this one interesting. Perhaps Fozzie is giving him one last chance to really prove that he is World Cup worthy for me. I'm liking the looks of that Roy Gard, Weber, Aaron Smith trio. So maybe this is Finlay's last crack to prove his worth in the 10. Damian McKenzie, D-Mac, one of the form players of Super Rugby. Great to see him back in the saddle in the 11. Lester Fying Arnuku, recovered from injury after a stellar year for the Crusaders. One-on-one, he's a handful, quick, strong, powerful. Of course, unfortunately departing our shores next year, but he certainly has earned a crack to push for World Cup selection. In the 12, Anton Leonard-Brown, good to see him starting 13. Braden Eno, and then in the 14, and this is a selection I've been calling for for weeks, so has most of the New Zealand public, so this is fucking exciting stuff, Sean Stevenson, set to start and make his debut, I spoke before about Damian McKenzie, one of the form players of Super Rugby, this bloke has got to be right up there, it's pretty crazy to think, almost 18 months ago he was playing club rugby with me at the Cope, but over the last year he's been one of the best players going around the New Zealand rugby scene he's always stepped up and risen to the occasion as well whether it be for North Harbour the Chiefs New Zealand Māori All Blacks 15 he's always been a handful so I can't wait to see me old mate make his debut that All Blacks emblem on his left tip. Going to be truly amazing stuff and hopefully he gets plenty of opportunity with nut in hand. Seed for shooter. That should be the theme for this week. I'll be backing him in anytime and first try scorer of course but incredibly excited. Extremely well deserved and good to see Fozzie. He's finally seen what we've all been seeing over the past year or so. So well done to Shoots. 
go and carve them up horse and then in the 15 jersey will the thrill Jordan and that makes for an extremely exciting back three Leicester Whanganuku Sean Stevenson Will Jordan if you kick those three pill you're in for a bloody tough day at the office in the 16 we have Dane Cole 17 Ofatonga Fassi 18 Fletcher Newell good to see him bounce back from injury to lace up the boots and anchor the scrum in the 19 Tupovai 20 Luke Jacobson 21 Aaron Smith, his final test on New Zealand shores, of course, at the Sistema as well. So a cool little send-off to Nuggy, one of the all-black greats. 22, Richie Mawanga, 23, also on debut. Dallas McLeod from McLeod's Daughters. So cool to see him get a crack. So an exciting team, 1-23, to 23, plenty of Crusaders, plenty of Chiefs, pretty much a combination of them both. But I can't wait to watch this game. Cool to see guys like Guzzler, Whitelock, Dane Coles, I mentioned Aaron Smith, Richie Moe and co all play their final tests on home turf as well. A nice touch from Fozzie and the selectors there. They probably could have rested them but they send out a couple of the greats in the way they deserve to be. To me this is an extremely exciting team. That backline has so much razzle and if the Wallabies want to give us as much space as they did last week and kick us aimless ball shit to have the weapons in the duffel to make them pay and terms of shooter hopefully he gets 80 minutes obviously Will Jordan starting at 15 but I'd like to see them maybe bring Dallas on around the 50 minute mark take Will off and push shooter to the back that combo he has with Damian McKenzie would give him a great opportunity to really thrive and this is really his last chance to push for that World Cup squad and show everyone he's got what it takes the team of course announced on Monday 5pm down in Napier it's live streamed and I think it's also on TV one so tune in for that but the squad gets cut from 36 to 33 it's going to be tough to pick that team bloody selection nightmares in the best way possible so hopefully shoots can put his hand up for higher honors and a few of these guys on the fringe can do so as well wallabies team i haven't seen it at the moment she hasn't been named but i expect it'll be pretty similar barring of course those injuries that were suffered last week so i'll back the lads 13 plus them yet again exciting stuff i just think our skill set overall tempo we're just going to be too good for them despite many saying that this is our b team still a stack side so it should be a grouse day at the office for the All Blacks and it's actually a huge weekend of international code when you cast the eye over the draw I didn't really realize up until now of course we've got Samoa taking on Tonga in the Pacific Nations Cup as well as Japan taking on Fiji then on your Sunday Argentina versus South Africa the rematch Argies at home this time went down to South Africa by one last week on Springbok soil can they flip that around and get the result and I tell you what South Africa I came into this rugby championship thinking they were one of the best sides in the world but they've just really failed to fire for me and they're gonna want to hit their straps now we're about four weeks out from the rugby world cup shit is it approaching fast and while they're still without guys like Andre Pollard and Khaleesi their captain they just haven't quite ticked all the boxes I expected them to so it could be a bit of panic stations over there in South Africa also on your Sunday some massive games going down in the northern hemisphere Scotland taking on France France. I reckon the Scots could tip them up there at home that would be a great win Wales taking on England both sides desperate to show some form after a tough end to their international campaigns last time out Ireland taking on Italy 
That should be a hump in Uruguay versus Namibia. Two rugby powerhouses going at it, hammer and tongs there. And speaking of powerhouses, great to see Chile taking on an Argentina 15 as well. So if international footy's your thing, then this weekend is an absolute doozy and you will be glued to your TV screens. Also, of course, international rugby, not the only co going down this week, and it's bloody good to see. The old Bunnings Far Cup is back for 2023, and outside of the All Blacks, this is my favourite level of rugby to watch. It's where you get to see your fringe or injured All Blacks, your David Harvillies, Ethan Blackadder and co, combining with the best of club footy to lace up for their province nothing better than that. I always say without the roots there is no tree. This is the true epitome of that. Add to it from next week onwards we get Wednesday night code as well which just brings that sporting week another day in advance. Wednesday night Bunnings Far Cup into your Thursday night NRL and then she's all go from there. In terms of some teams to watch this season just looking at squads on paper and it's always hard to gauge before games have been played but it looks like Tasman are going to be sharp. Mentioned there before a couple injured All Blacks. They'll also have the likes of your Alex Nankerville, Levi Armour, Noah Hotham, Mecca Springer, Mitch Hunt. So they are stacked 1-23. to Auckland, Raz Galore, heck of a backline. RTS looks set to play fullback as well. I don't believe he's playing this week though. Roosters actually have a grand final team reunion. So I think he's made the trip over to that. And who could blame him? A free steam up on Nick Politis. I would be getting into that too. Guaycato, they look to be good. Canterbury always stacked. Good to see Ryan Crotty lacing up the boots as well. He must be in his early 40s, surely. The old Crottinator. Wellington, last year's champs, Ramfurly Shield holders. Can never underestimate them. And then, of course, Biasly. I'll say the mighty Harbour Heat as well. Unfortunately, of course, no shooter this week, but that is actually fortunate. I shouldn't say unfortunately. Kid deserves it. No Gatland. He's still injured as well. So we're down a couple key troops. No Mark Talia, no Tavita Lee this year either. But you back the boys to still go the big lift and get the job done. Some good club footy players finally getting the chance to wear the mighty harbour hibiscus. In terms of this week's games, there's a couple great matchups. The first one to kick off the campaign is tomorrow, 5.35pm, Tasman versus Otago. Finish work early, head to the pub, get a couple schooners into you and watch some Bunnings code. Saturday, Hawks Bay versus Harbour at 5 o'clock. That should be a doozy. Sunday, Bay of Plenty versus Auckland. Two of the big dogs there. They'll be going at it, hammer and tongs. And then you've also got Northland taking on Canterbury and Northland I think they could be a real banana skin team for teams this year you got your Jack Goodhues, Rene Ranger hopefully he's still punching darts left right and centre probably light one up at half time what an absolute cult figure of New Zealand rugby he is so strap yourself in footy fans of course the World Cup like I mentioned three or four weeks away she's all go in the 15 man code can't wait to sink my teeth into this weekend's action up the All Blacks baby, 13 plus, get up the harbour heat and dot down shooter, you good thing, show old Fozzie just what he's been missing.
Rugby League, round 22, again dished up some interesting results. Just as you think you've worked out the competition, you know, you got your draft top eight, you've ruled out a couple sides, bang, the great game comes back to haunt you with a few teams that I've probably put a line through, getting some big wins and some that I thought were on the track to go undefeated for the remainder of the season. Copping L's they shouldn't have taken as well. So interesting results there. Kicked off on the Thursday night with the Broncos dominating the Chooks, flex their muscles. The Roosters, for me, they're officially cooked now, and I actually thought they weren't that bad. It was just the Broncos were so good. They're clearly that kind of 1B at the moment. They look one of the top teams to really try and push the Panthers. Great to see Paddy Carrigan dot down for his first try. Old Paddy Carey again. Of course, he's established himself as one of the great nut truckers, a high workload. Now he's added in some ball play and he's one of the best 13s in the comp, 78 of the best, and he finally grabs his first meaty. You gotta love that. And just with Reynolds and co, Walsh, Payne Haas, Ezra Mann, Katoni Staggs really firing. They're an absolute premiership threat at the moment, and they just are such an entertaining watch. They play an exciting brand of footy. They're not afraid to let the Steddon fly, and it results in some great tries. They're high tempo as well. You have guys like Reynolds really sucking in opposition defences. Then he plays out the back to Walshie, who's just so good at counting numbers and knowing when they've got advantages. He punches onto the ball at speed, and his ability to ball play and kick as well at top speed is second to none playing some great code over there and it's been unreal to watch him take his game to another level. Then on your full fizz Friday, a double header which kicked off with the Bunnies getting the win, 32 points to 18 over the Tigers. The Bunnies probably hardly convincing. Many people thought they were going to cricket score the Tigers and good on the Tigers for showing up and playing some good code too. Uppy Coruscant, what a difference he makes to this West team. Luke Brooks, pretty solid as well although I will say that one kick to touch that he put in. Shit, I chucked it up on the Instagram story. That thing went backwards a real nudge of doom so well done to Brooksy for South good to have Latrell back he got through the full 80 minutes and he was pretty highly involved as well AJ bagged a double as he always does and I think he's now only 22 or so tries off the NRL record still not even 30 years old either which surprised me I thought he was old as fuck but it's just testament to the fact he's been around for so long now one of the game's elite finishes unreal to see him dot down again and you just back him in every week on your bet slips and he always delivers for me though Rabbits probably still looking like they're in kind of third gear and they're just one of those sides. The bigger the occasion, they seem to rise to it. I think they'll go through, of course, play top eight footy and they're probably a team many of those sides at the top want to avoid come finals. Just coasting as Latrell really gets back into his work. I expect them to step it up again, but a good two points for them and on they march. Melbourne Storm, huge win over the Eels in Melbourne, 46 points to 16. They smoked power really and it was off the back of a masterclass from their big three in Hughes, Grant and Munster. Munster, that try he scored, that was shades of Benji Marshall, the old left foot, left foot, goosey of doom. Junior Bolo barely got a touch on him. Gutho, he had him in sixes and sevens, goes straight through for one of the meaties of the year and that kid is just a true magician. He looks so tough to tackle, really is freaky but Jerome Hughes, for me he stole the show, 185 metres. Three line breaks, a try 
four try assists. That is one of the great stat lines of the year. Add to that, Ryan Papenhausen, Lil Puppy. He is named to play for their Queensland Cup side this week. So I think Melbourne are really going to start hitting their straps. Hopefully he goes well. Shit, he's been out for a long time. One of the game's elite players and we're so quick to forget as NRL fans. We always move on. People forget how good Lil Puppy is. He will take this side to another level. Nick Meaney's been good. I'm sure they'll find another position for him. Old Eeny Meeny. But Pappy at the back, that makes him a completely different beast. So if he can get back into the top side in say two or three weeks time, get a couple games under his saddle before they play playoffs footy, they are certainly a team you would want to avoid. And if that big four clicks, then they can beat any team on any given day. For Eels, for me, they're now in massive trouble. Obviously, Dylan Brown comes back this week, but will that be enough to get them over the line? It was interesting to hear old Brad Arthur in the press conference saying that Dylan owes the lads a big shift. So way to pile the pressure on the kid. He's obviously been dealing with a lot off-field, but now he needs to let his rugby league do his talking, and his coach is certainly not mincing his words. I just wonder, without Regan Campbell, Gillard, Mike Acevo, Shawnee Lane, whether they've got enough in their duffel bag to really push these top teams. They're now in a race to try and finish in that top eight too, so they can't afford to be dropping games in the near future. Currently sitting in 11th, but only the one win out of it. A huge game for them this week, taking on the Dragons, and one that they should win, but it's certainly trouble in paradise, and it's going to be interesting to see how they finish out their year. Super Saturday, three of the best kicking us off with the Knights getting a huge win over the Raiders, 28 points to six, and well done to them. This is one where I thought the Knights were in with a sniff, but I just thought the trip to Canberra to take them on at home was going to be too tough of a task. They blew that out of the water though, started fast and just kept piling it on for the full 80 minutes. Kalen Ponga, what a masterclass from him, he scored 16 of the Knights, 28 points, just injecting himself off the back of shape. I mentioned Walsh before, so good at counting numbers at speed, KP, he's right up there as well, and man are we blessed with some of the great fullbacks to go around at the moment. We think guys like Walsh, Ponga, Drinkwater, old Chuck Chan's in there as well, Latrell, Dylan Edwards, Gutho, all those top teams, they have throbbers at the back and they can all ball play and really spot mismatches and situations that they can capitalise on. KP, he's in as good a form as he's ever played in his career and it just makes you think if only they'd started him in the one jersey from the start of the year. I think it was a Ponga decision. He wanted to try play six and be up there in the front line. It led to more head knocks and more headaches for the Knights coaching staff but now in Jackson Hastings and Tyson Gamble responsibly They've got a solid pairing in the halves and we've seen KP pick his moments to inject himself and just kill teams in particular on that left edge. And then an old Marju, Bradman Best and Domi Young, they've got some great finishes as well. Who would have thought a team with a spine of Phoenix Crosland, Jackson Hastings and Tyson Gamble would be in with a sniff of playing finals footy? Well, they're certainly doing that. They're currently positioned in ninth on the ladder, just a point behind the Cowboys. And I think they're a genuine chance. I'm going to back them in to go all the way and make the top eight this year. They're a bloody fun team to watch. And I think I said it last week, they're almost like the Warriors of Australia. Their fan base, they've been so loyal. It's always a sellout. Regardless of results, they show up in huge numbers. So I'm stoked for the Knights. And there's nothing better than watching old KP rip and tear when he's playing at his rugby league best.
best. The second game of the night was Manly taking on the Dragons and the great man DCE, the people's next 300th game. The boys showed up for him too, got the win, 24 points to 18. Wasn't all exactly one-way traffic, but Saab and Kohler on that edge put in a huge shift and they look to be every bit of Manly's future. Just as a duo, they're so quick, both unreal attacking weapons. I thought Joshy Schuster was incredibly good as well. Of course, Chez, he always goes hard, as does Jakey Travojevic and Hamon. Oli Olakawatu, I feel like I tip him every week on the punting pod, but again he delivered, and again he just showed why. He's a huge human, punches some great lines off chairs, and he could be one. I still think that'll make his New South Wales debut in years to come for the Dragons. It was almost like Manly had put the cue in the rack after 60-odd minutes, up 22 points to 8. They scored two Constellation tries, Constellation drive on the North Shore, one of the great roads, but they grabbed two of those the old Constellation drive to make the scoreboard look a bit more respectable but to be fair they were never going to win this game so well done to Manly keeping their top 8 hopes alive as well tied with Newcastle on points just a bee's dick outside the 8th for the Penny Panthers again they flex their muscle 28 points to nil they win at home over the Sharks the Sharks actually weren't that bad to be fair but I just thought Penrith again showed why they are back to back premiers just that class above they always execute when they get into your red zone shout out to Cam McInnes 81 tackles, rumours on Fox, they were going to audit it into the high 70s, but NRL.com, that's showing 81, so let's let the bloke have it, he certainly deserves it. What an absolute shift from him. That's probably more than I've made in my whole club rugby career combined. He's not the prettiest looking bloke, but that's probably due to the amount of work he gets through. He was bloodied and bruised, had his head taped up. The fact you're 28-0 down and you're still just willing to rip in and make that many tackles, that's the definition of a team player. You just got to start him every week. If that doesn't motivate you and get the lads up and about, then you've got a serious culture issue in your team. But well done to him the NRL record old Cammy McKenna Sunday Arvo two games doggies taking on the Dolphins and the Titans taking on the Cowboys Dolphins go down by one point to the dogs they had their opportunities to win it too unfortunately Jermaine Izarko who's been a bit of a sharpshooter this year had a tough day off the rubber and he wasn't able to raise the flags on multiple occasions really to get them the win including one at the death the doggies with Viliami Kikau back in the mix they look a lot better of a side and they could be one of those teams that plays that upsetter role down the home stretch they've got the Knights Raiders Manly and Titans as their last four games all teams that'll be looking to get wins to try and keep themselves in that finals footy hunt and with Kikau Sexton Reed Marnie, Addo Carr, all back on deck. They could be a real handful and certainly not a team you want to take lightly. And then finally, the Titans. They round out the round. Of course, the team that we are taking on this week, they get the win and they show what they are capable of. So no doubt, the Warriors, Webby and Co., we will be on high alert. 22 points to 13, they get the dub. A bit of a clinic too. Certainly dominated the Cows. Have been the hottest side in the competition over the last couple weeks, but clearly they went to Gold Coast expecting a bit of a holiday and got the shock of their life. David Fafita, Kieran Foran, AKP all having solid shifts and Jaden Campbell, that kid is a nightmare off the bench so we'll have to be ready when he gets injected into the game for the Cowboys. A tough day at the crease, probably an off one that was due 
due to come at some time. They've just been riding the roller coaster at the absolute peak for so long. Huge loss for them though, Valentine Holmes. He's picked up a four-week suspension, tried to fight it. It was three weeks. Now he's got slapped with four. A massive loss for them. They're in eighth and they really do need to win the majority of their games going forward to lose their origin centre, one of their star players and their goal kicker. A big blow for them heading into the final stretch but of course round 23 gets underway tonight with the Roosters taking on the Manly Gals and what should be a good game. Manly important for them to win this one. The Chooks they just want to win it for pride and you'd have to think there's going to be a lot of moves made in the off season for the Roosters. They're a club that certainly wouldn't accept the season and the results that they've had so far this year for them. Just the two changes Suya Wong he gets his first start in the second row. Plenty of big rap on this kid he's been ripping up at cup level and he's one of those ones rugby league guru said he could be anything so pencil him in your rugby league black book he comes in for Egan Butcher who's out with a head knock and then the goat of all battlers behind Mitchie Orbo young Drew Hutchinson he comes in to replace Jake Turpentine on the bench for the Manly Gals just the two changes for them as well which sees young Ben Travojevic come back into the mixer I'm back in Manly to be too strong here and get the double though again this is one of those games that can really go either way should be a good watch for your Thursday night footy full fizz Friday strap in Warriors fans I tell you what that bye week felt like it took fucking weeks almost months shit did she drag on but we're back and we're taking on the titans in the gc Seabus super stadium and i've already had a shit ton of messages from the followers on instagram saying they're heading along to this one i think this has the potential for there to be way more warriors fans than titans fans at this game of course the gold coast it's a popular spot for many kiwis and i think we're going to truly dominate them in the crowd for the Titans we'll start with them of course that big win last week well done to them but she's a five-day turnaround we ourselves we had that before the bye so we know how hard it is the lads look drained come the back end of that game against the Raiders so fingers crossed the Titans they pull up the same and they will be battling of course still no Tino Faso Malawi as well which is big fizz Aaron Shoup he comes in to replace Jojo Feeder, who's out with an ankle that's their only change though so a pretty settled 17. Sammy Verrills, he's named to start with Chris Randall off the bench. They were a late switch last week though, so they could change that up again. AJ Brimson, he was under a bit of a cloud, took a knock to the ribs and they were worried that he would be out. Went for scans, got cleared of a serious injury, so he's been named Maybe he doesn't lace up though. Hopefully that old rib has been playing up saying that. Jaden Campbell, like I mentioned before, a true throbber so they don't lose too much. Then over for the Waz and this is where it gets bloody exciting. It's the same 17 that took on the Raiders prior to the bye but in, back in, coming back from injury, Jazz Tavanga, he's missed the last 11 games and now he's ready to rip and tear of course. Named in Jersey 18, like I mentioned before, it's the same 17 used in that Golden Point win. It's also the sixth consecutive game where Webby's been able to name that same starting back line on the bench. We've got Dylan Walker, Bunty R4, Bailey Surinan and Joshy Curran with Jazz in Jersey 18. Bailey, it'll be his 50th game for the Waz if he laces up. Shawnee 
Johnson. He'll move to 248 career games. And then Captain Tohu Harris, he'll make his 97th appearance for the Warriors. So he's set to raise his bat on 100 games for the Waz this year as well. But of course, the big news there, the return of Jazz Tavanga. And Webby has said throughout the week during his press work that he will use Jazz if he is available. Named at 18th, man, I think there's still a couple boxes JT has to tick before he proves himself fully fit. But this does mean that we could have the reuniting of the Ball Bash brothers. Incredibly exciting. We've seen the work Walks has done off the interchange bench once that middle starts to tire in those opening rounds of the season, him and Jazz established such a hissing combination when they came on, the one-two punch, they fully flipped the momentum together, so I'm excited to see this duo kick things off where they left, and you just know, with Jazz, to me, I always say, he is the ultimate warrior, he's going to add the fizz, plenty of aggression, and he's going to be out to prove a point to 11 weeks on the sideline, he's not someone who takes watching easily, he's going to have plenty of pent-up aggression, hopefully he uses it in the right way and if he's fully fit I'd love to see him come in probably for Bunty to be fair we've seen his minutes really decline I think against the Raiders he played under 20 the same as the week before and Mitch Barnett who is starting at prop we've got enough size there to be able to maybe push Bunts out of the 17 Joshy Curran Unreal against the Raiders, playing some great code. I think Surinan's been one of our most improved this year as well. You have to have Walker. So for me, if I was in Webby's shoes, Jazz in for Bunts and on we march. But again, in Webby we trust. And let's see how it plays out on game day. In terms of this matchup, the Warriors, we've won seven of our last nine games and we have been humming. And saying that though, we've only won four of our last five contests between the Titans. So they have been a real bogey side for us again though people have been saying that to me this week and my reply to them has been that that was not under Andrew Webster and people may laugh but I just think he's got us playing such a consistent such an easy replicable if that is even a word style of footy where we just know what we're gonna do each week we roll up our sleeves we truck nut through the middle come plays four and five we throw some shape with some sweeping plays some great variations allow our ball players to do our thing and it produces results. In the past, I think we've been so up and down, we play that hot and cold style of code, which is not the way we go about our work in 2023. So I'm incredibly confident that we're going to go over to the Gold Coast and come away with the points. And saying that though, the Titans, they are no slouch. We saw last week, if you let guys like Fafida, Brimson, Jaden Campbell, Kieran Foran and co get their tails up, then you're in for a tough day. The Warriors though, if there's one thing we can trust this year, it's the lad defence we've conceded just 346 points the second fewest so far this season so we've the second best defensive record overall in the competition and that's what you need when you take on the Titans typically they're a side that loves getting involved in high scoring shootouts if we can back our goal line D which we've showed is elite this year restrict them to under 20 points then we will well and truly come away with the win. Conditions look good. It's going to be a hot day over in the Gold Coast, which suggests that we're going to let the Steden fly. I think Dallin, he'll dot down as always. We all know Dallin Wateni's a Lesney snack. He will have a day at the office, but it's through the middle where I think we're going to make our hay. Adam Fanoa Blake, Mitch Barnett, Tohu Harris to do their usual things. Then Walks and Jazz if he's in the mix to come on and rip and tear. I think without Tino, this is going to be that game where they 
really miss him and we have the upper hand for Noah Blake say it every week best prop in the competition in my extremely biased eyes and this is where he ticks another box then off the back of that uh, Dallium Shawnee J to pull the strings throw some nice try assists and maybe even dot down himself the Prince of Penrose extremely excited to see the boys back out on the park of course now we start the stretch of games to lead us into finals footy if we can glue the clean sheet then I think we still have a sniff at finishing in second place if not I think we'll still be third or fourth but I'd love to see us finish in that second or third take on the Bronx beat them in the finals the first week and really set ourselves up but it starts here and this is probably this one and the Manly one the two games that you circle and think shit if we are going to have a loss it would go to either of those two sides back the boys though 100% Warriors 13 plus can't wait to sing the team song the victory chant from the comfort of my couch on Friday night if you're heading along send me some videos of the crowd I'd love to see it we saw that Parramatta crowd a few weeks ago she was mainly was I think this is going to be another repeat get out there and make some noise your second game for your full fizz Friday certainly not as important two scrub sides the Panthers taking on the storm both of these two have nothing on the wars if you ask an Aussie though they would probably say this is the game of the round again they need to pull their heads out the gutter but we like it as the wars being underestimated in all seriousness though this is going to be a doozy in Penrith as well another game at Bluebet shit they're on a nice little run of home games for the Panthers Tyron Peachy the Peach he is out which means Zach Hosking son of Mike surprising he's been moved into the centres good for my fantasy team though because I hung on to him he comes in and then old Jamin Salmon the weak gutted dog he joins the bench Isaac Tuggle he's named in an extended bench maybe he could come back that would be a huge in for them apart from that though unchanged for the storm big nelson of solomona the perfect time for him to come back into the mixer he's named to start on an edge tom eisenhuth he comes back onto the bench tyron wishart drops out of the 17 ryan pappenhausen as i mentioned he's been named to play queensland cup this week extremely exciting there and i see a lot of people are already saying they're going to tune into that game which could make it one of the most watched q cup games in history but this should be a good one battle of two big dogs going out at it I think Penrith will still be too good to me they're just that 1A that little class above everyone else and saying that though if Hughes Munster and Grant can replicate what they did last week and Nelson if he is in a mood as well I think he missed it because of a dislocated pinky finger so if that little bad boy is healed then we could be in for a heck of a game and saying that I just think Fisher Harris Spencer Lenu Cleary and co they're just going to rise to another level like they always do they will see this as a big challenge before before heading into finals football so I'll be all over the Panthers Super Saturday three great games with the Cowboys taking on the Broncos in the historical Battle of Brizzy up there in Townsville for the Bronx Jesse Arthurs he's back on the wing Brendan Paikura he comes back in as well which pushes Paddy Carrigan back to his favourite position of lock Palisea he comes on to the bench and Jordan Ricky, he's also named on an extended bench old pretty Ricky. that would be a huge inclusion for the Q 
Cowles, no Valentine Holmes. Tough shit for him, so he's out. Jake Labert comes in. Jason Tamalolo, he gets the start at prop with Ruben Cotter named at lock as well. So that's exciting stuff. A huge game. Unfortunate, like I mentioned, no Val Holmes because I think this one could have been a barnstormer without young Valentine. I think the Bronx will be too good. And saying that though, Cowboys at home, they'll be desperate in front of a packed Townsville. So they'll be up for this game. Could they pull off the upset? I still just think the Broncos will be too classy. Dolphins, Knights, this should be a doozy. Knights roll out the same 17. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. For the Finns, Cody Nikarima comes into centre. So I think Bradman Best will be licking his lips at the thought of this, of course. Warriors fans have been watching Cody for many years and his defensive work is hardly what he prides himself on. So keep an eye out for that. Could be a good one to have on your bet slips as he looks to target that edge. The game, she has been playing in Perth due to the Women's Football World Cup, so she's not a home game for either side. And the Bunny Sharks game straight after is actually being played in Perth as well. So it could be interesting conditions. I'd say there'll be plenty of Kiwis in the crowd packing that one out too. I'll back the Knights to get the dub there. And then in the Bunnies Sharks, this should be a doozy. Of course, a couple weeks back, you would have thought this is two titans of the comp going at it. The Sharks, they've been on a decline, and they will be without Will Kennedy here as well for the Bunnies. Tommy Burgess, he will get the start and no doubt will bring some back fence carries. I just think the Bunnies are going to have too many weapons in their arsenal to get it done and I'd like to see them step it up and really improve from that performance against the Tigers last week. I mentioned before, they're one of those teams that rises to the occasion. Sixth versus seventh on the ladder. This would be a big win for them. They can't afford to drop it, especially with the footy the Sharkies are playing. So I'll back the Bunnies to come away with the chocolates and do so fairly comfortably there. Super Saturday double header, two sides looking to bounce back from embarrassing losses and keep their finals hopes alive and to be fair they both should win fairly comfortably too. you got the Eels taking on the Dragons at Combank Stadium. Like I mentioned, Dylan Brown is back to hopefully take a bit of that workload off Mitchie Moses' shoulders. Seven weeks away from the game due to off-field issues. Interesting to see how he attacks this one. Hopefully he's back to his menacing best with nut in hand and the Eels can come away with a big win. And then for the Raiders, they take on the West Tigers and if the Raiders lose this one, they're every bit of danger of dropping out of the top eight. The Tigers actually played some decent code last week and again I think they're one of those teams that could really trouble sides and saying that though, Stefano Utaukamanu he is out of the side actually just seen that on my laptop so let's backflip on that Tigers no chance, they are going to get pumped. A bit of a reshuffle in the backs for the Raiders. Jordan Rapana at fullback, Sebi Chris at centre Nick Kotrick on the wing or Jared Croker, he drops out of the team. Tough signs for the veteran but I think the Raiders will bounce back and be too strong at GIO Stadium if they're every bit of fair dinkum footy side they should do so by 12 or more we all know though the Raiders they don't win 13 plus so back them in 1 to 12 again we'll touch on the tips tomorrow but fire up Warriors fans we're almost 24 hours out from kickoff up the mighty was if you head along to Seabus Super Stadium rip in and make some noise 13 plus all day long, a huge two points, and up yours to the Titans. Weekly wrap time now, we'll kick her off with the old UFC 291. What a card it was. Mentioned last week she was stacked, it certainly delivered, with Gaethje being too good for Portier with that brutal KO 
kick to the head, one of the great knockouts, and he leaves as the BMF champ. That fight certainly lived up to the hype. Those two are tough as shit, and they were standing and banging. Neither man wanted to bow down, and cool to see the respect after the fight too. A huge win for Gaethje, who now sets himself up for a title shot, and that will be a great biff. And shout out to Derek Lewis as well, who for me stole the show again, more so with his post-fight antics. Got the dub early, I think it took him only 30 odd seconds clearly a big mismatch and shit when he is locked in he is a dangerous human being but straight away proceeded to pull down his pants just into his jocks of course famous for saying his balls were hot after that fight a couple years back his balls were hot again always the entertainer great to see and also Alex Pereira a massive win for him which just really did highlight to me how did Izzy beat this bloke of course he's a huge human being moved up to the 205 category rumours he weighed in at about 220 pounds so he piled them on pre the fight too just shows how much weight he was losing to try and fight Izzy but just watching it how brutal the striking just makes you appreciate what a freak Israel Adesanya is but a great win for him now and he also sets himself up for a title fight in that light heavyweight category a tough loss for Jan many people were saying that he won that fight and that Alex the hype train got him the dub tough to call judges scored it very closely as well so we'll back them in another great UFC card though and can't wait for Sydney unfortunately won't be there say unfortunately I'll be over in France for the Rugby World Cup going over for the pool stages so it is unfortunate to miss that card in Aussie but shit I will still be having a bloody good time Women's Football World Cup and it wasn't to be for our mighty football ferns of course unfortunately played out a nil all draw in their final game to Switzerland had opportunities to score goals but weren't able to do so so unfortunately they bow out and don't make it through to the round of 16 a pretty successful tournament for the girls on reflection of course we all had hopes that they would make it out of the pool stages got that first win over Norway and really captured the hearts of the country on opening night couldn't have got off to a better start both on and off the field in terms of getting the fans engaged unfortunately that was our only goal throughout the competition though and that loss to the Philippines probably stands out as the one that hurts the most so it was tough times for the girls tough to see how disappointed they were as well but it wasn't to be in terms of some sides that are firing though shit Japan are doing the damn thing a 4-0 win over Spain on Monday night they look every bit of competition threat they weren't one of those heavily fancied sides coming in but they play an exciting brand of football and they're incredibly accurate as well look every bit the real deal good to see the Aussies get the win 4-0 over Canada no Sam Kerr but they still got the job done it was do or die for them Canada Olympic champs so they are no slouches go the Tillies and a huge win for our trans-Tasman mates and other games Netherlands way too strong for Vietnam England continue to march on and look dangerous as do Denmark so we're fastly approaching now that last round of 16 two games tonight to round out pool play South Korea taking on Germany and Morocco taking on Colombia all your big dogs they've gone through USA they have been a little shaky but still they advance your England your Denmark 
Denmark's your Aussies, your Netherlands. That Monday night game, Aussie versus Denmark, that'll be a good watch. So I think I'm shifting my focus now, my support. I'm going to be back in Japan and Aussie to go through and get the dub. But shout out to the football ferns. No doubt they won themselves a few fans and they always said their goal was to capture the hearts of the nation and hopefully inspire some young women to get out there and play football. And I'm sure they did just that. A huge crowd at Eden Park the other night for the USA game. I believe it broke even the crowd that was there on opening night for the Ferns. So that's what it's all about. That's how we measure success these days. Bums on seats. So well done to them. And shout out as well to, of course, our netball side going about their work in South Africa at the moment. The Silver Ferns convincing wins early on for them. Of course, they pummeled Trinidad and Tobago into the core of the earth last Friday. Then they bet Uganda in a bit of a one that was tighter than what we would have liked. Got the dub over Singapore by 61. That was comfortable stuff. And then we also pumped Wales. Got a game tonight against Jamaica, which will probably be our first big test coming from those pool crossover games. Then we get into semi-final work before the final on Sunday. A big blow for us though, losing our star shooter Grace Nowicki. Went down with a knee injury. Almost the worst outcome possible and you could see the girls were extremely gutted to get that news. So fingers crossed, we can still go the big lift. Of course, your Aussies, your Jamaicas, your Englands, the main threat. But semi-finals, anything can happen. So hopefully the ladies can beat Jamaica and get on through to that. That would be big fizz. Speaking of big fizz, unreal to see Kane Williamson, one of the great New Zealanders, back in the net, seeing off Kookaburras with his grey knuckles in hand, Post his ACL surgery, of course, the Cricket World Cup fast approaching October 5th. I think that one gets underway. Horny for that. Then we've got a massive summer of cricket both here and abroad. So to have Captain Kane back in the crease would be huge for us. We were worried it wouldn't be possible. It appears he's bounced back and he looked bloody good too. His touch, that kid never leaves it. So great to see Kane back with Remu in hand and looking every bit of world-class batsman. And then finally for your weekly wrap, just wanted to touch on it quickly as well. The NFL, she is back baby. The first preseason game gets underway tomorrow with the Jets taking on my side, the Browns. Of course, the first round of the competition doesn't get underway till the 8th of September, so we're still about a month away. But preseason footy, you got to love it. Of course, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers taking that $35 million pay cut to make them well and truly a contender. The Browns mentioned they're my side. Not a fan of Deshaun Watson, but hopefully we can have an improved year this year. Love the NFL. It's going to be incredibly interesting to watch how it all plays out this year. A lot of sides right there in that Super Bowl contention. Love me NFL footy. So over the coming weeks, it's going to get more presence here in the weekly wrap as the pod advances. But geez, are we sport for sport at the moment? you got to think, in the world of rugby, we've got the Bunnings Cup, the Rugby Championship. Of course, that's just wrapped up. But we've got the World Cup coming up in three weeks' time. The NRL, we're about to get into finals footy. The netball, it's the World Cup. Cricket World Cup coming up. A real sporting smorgasbord. So strap your in. We're in for a massive end to what has already been a grouse year of sport. Right, so that's us for this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If not, as usual, a big up yours for me, and I'll catch you back here 
Same time, same place tomorrow to punish your eardrums yet again. Of course, Surly Talks punting, that'll be here bright and early, full of your sporting tips to hopefully lead you into some winners over the weekend. As always, up the mighty All Blacks, go well, shooter son, incredibly proud, and can't wait to see you dot down with that All Blacks logo on your left tit after you rip out a hissing hucker. Emotional times. Up the mighty Waz tomorrow night, can't wait for that 13 plus all day baby get up the silver ferns hopefully they can go the big lift and bring us back some silverware from south africa appreciate you all for tuning in catch you tomorrow go well how good